start again in three, two, one. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Ryland Turner here for an edition of Wednesday Night Wallop, unlike every other Wednesday Night Wallop, mostly because we're talking about WWE. It's Wednesday Night Wallop presents Wallop at the Castle. Ryland Turner here, and I'm joined this time by Mick Hawley, friend of the show, friend of mine, seltzer buddy, the summer of seltzer, and it's over. And I, I, I couldn't figure out a better way to end the summer than talking about wrestling with my uh, with my my buddy that I've enjoyed uh, plenty, plenty of seltzers with over this summer. Uh, can I say those two words any more times? Mick, how are you? Not too bad, man. I'm actually not drinking seltzers tonight, just in case I get a work call. But uh, yeah, it's going to be a fun summer of many memories that are slightly blurred, I'm sure. Yes, absolutely. And, and a lot of it wrestling related. So there is that. So tonight we're talking about the show that happened this afternoon over in Cardiff, Wales. Uh, WWE presented Clash at the Castle. Um, I just want to, you know, start off by talking about how uh, a few weeks ago, me and Mick, uh, we went to a WWE live event that was very much so, you know, heavily um, similar to, I, I feel like, it, this card and at least the storylines going into this card. Um, we had, uh, you know, obviously the main event, Roman and Drew, was not on the card we saw, but one of the matches in particular main evented, and, and I, I do want to take some time to talk about that. Uh, Mick, what were your thoughts of your first WWE live event? Uh, well, first of all, we had absolutely amazing seats with a great view. Uh, not just for the wrestling, of course, but to take in all of wrestling's many a pleasures and seeing all the entrances live. And just, uh, it was really cool to see that, you know, from basically four, four rows in from the barricade. So that was absolutely amazing. And just, uh, seeing some of the, the guys were a lot larger than I would have ever given them credit for. Whereas I, you know, just on TV, you know, they're, they're going to be big, but it's like, Holy shit, these guys are big. Uh, and all of the female wrestlers beyond being absolutely gorgeous, uh, were very, very tiny. Like I'm a very large man. I'm uh, six foot four. I hover in uh, anywhere between 200 and 230 pounds, depending on my state of happiness. And, uh, <laughs> I, they, they looked very, uh, very, very small people. Uh, obviously they're all incredibly fit, uh, both males and females. Uh, they're, they're athletes. So, I mean, I am not athletic by any means. And it was just a really cool event. You hear that mat and you can, you can feel them when they, uh, when they take those bumps. Uh, I believe the, uh, the main event of that we saw that night, uh, there was a table spot at the very, very end of that. And that, was probably the loudest thing I have ever heard inside an arena, which was pretty freaking cool. Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, definitely the best live event I've ever been to. And that's, that's even over, I would say uh, one of the takeovers that I saw just based on the, like, it's different when you're right there, right? It's different right when you're, when you're, when you're ringside and you're, you're experiencing everything in that, like you, like you said, you can feel the bumps and uh, that, that, that itself was uh, also Damien Priest stared you down. Yeah, that was, uh, dude, uh, I watched his entrance tonight, actually, for, uh, obviously on, on Clash. He did that old hand, like, sweeping the sweat thing, and I was like, oh, oh, he stare that guy down. And we were almost looking eye to eye. Like, he's not that much taller than I am, which was, uh, which is pretty cool. Uh, but, uh, you know, recalling the fact that he's a very high-level kickboxer, that dude would smash me any day of the week. <laughs> <laughs> certainly, certainly. Um. Well, I think without further ado, we should we should really jump right into this. Uh, this was, I think, I mean, we're we're going to this is the Triple H era of WWE, right? Mm -hmm. So like, 
we're, we're going into it. I mean, we had SummerSlam, but Triple H had really only been in charge for a week or so when SummerSlam kicked off. So this is the first show that he's really, you know, put his people in place. And, and certainly all over the card, you, you saw this is the Triple H era of WWE uh, stylistically. Um, the way that these matches were presented, I, I feel like a way the way that uh, every match felt a little different. Whereas WWE is very much so known for that that very basic style that they that most matches have, you know, b- bump and feed. Uh, one guy sells for a while, then there's the comeback, then there's the hope spot, and then you know either he wins or loses. That's WWE wrestling. But tonight felt very different from that. Tonight felt, or I, sorry, this afternoon felt um, a lot more like you know the NXT pay per views of, of of years past. Um, don't get me wrong. There was certainly a, a bigger feel to it, and there still was some of the WWE trope that we're we're used to and and whatnot. But I don't know. I think overall this was a really great show. Um, in the uh, pre-show, there was a six-man tag match between Madcap Moss, the Street Profits, who uh, when we saw them live, man, the Street Profits. It's amazing that they're not further ahead than they are. These guys are just uber talented, and Angelo Dawkins has come so far from where he was. If they let them wrestle the same way uh, on the uh, the main roster, or uh, I guess like on on TV, the way that they wrestled at the live event, they would be they'd be New Day 2.0, man. Because like they, the the charisma that they had, uh, selling with the crowd and just like the control over the crowd they had was just absolutely stellar. Uh, very very um, entertaining. Two, two guys to watch and obviously just athletic as all hell. Uh, I guess like for, I didn't, uh, I didn't watch the pre-show, so I don't really, really know how this match was, but uh, I'm, I'm certain it probably had its spots. Uh, I can't say I'm a Madcap Moss fan by any means. Uh, again, he's, he's perfectly capable of doing what he has done in his spot. I just, I don't click with the character. I, I'm with you on that. Um, they were against uh, Austin Theory in the Alpha Academy. We actually saw the Street Profits versus the Alpha Academy at that that show. So, I Otis probably... is a massive man, like absolutely <laughs> huge. It's like holy shit, this guy's a house. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Uh, so, as I said, Mad Cat Moss and Mad Cat Moss and the Street Profits went over in 629. Uh, I didn't watch it, but I'm sure that there were some great spots in this. Uh, two of those teams, well, both those teams deliver at a very high level. I'm high on Austin theory and uh, I, I I'm pretty much with you on Madcap Moss. I actually uh, love Gable as a heel too. Yes. I, and I, I, I finally saw his shit cause I, I've obviously been out of WWE for a while as well. And honestly, I think that live event kind of uh, was the catalyst to bring us full circle back into uh, the, the, the program. Um, Gable as a heel, his whole shoosh, is I'm over, man. Like it's, it's, it's got me. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. He, he's the guy who, you know, Vince would never let get over. He had all the ability and I'm sure he's always had this too. Like there, no doubt in my mind that this guy's always had this ability to just go out there and entertain. But instead for years, we got shorty G and, and, and some of these other ridiculous gimmicks that this guy had with, with all the pure wrestling ability that this guy has. It, it's incredible that we did had that, but uh, I agree with you. Uh, and, and you know what? What a turnaround for Otis. Like being paired with Gable, I feel like has been a, a revelation in this guy's career because I did not dig Otis, man. I, I did not dig the, 
The Ooh, Super- yeah. Yeah, no, no, it was not for me. And putting the money on the bank and on him was was questionable. 2020 was a weird year, man. It was a really you know, weird year. Otis and Mandy, though, is still gold. It's it's still gold, and I would yes. still... She comes up to the main roster, man. I'm all for them starting that again. I, I don't even want them to start it, start it again. I just want them to have an interaction in the back. One interaction is fine. They just slowly go up to each other. They, they exchange a look, and he grunts or something like that, and they walk away from each other. Like, yeah. that's all I need. That's I, I agree with you. That was gold, but... Uh, That'd just be like many, many other relations with exes. <laughs> it's like, yes. okay, yes, you are present. Hello. <laughs> Goodbye. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's, uh, I think we, we can both speak on that. That's for sure. Uh, the opening match on the pay-per-view proper was uh, the newly dubbed Damage Control, which consists of Bailey, Dakota Kai, and Eos Kai against Bianca Belair, Alexa Bliss, and Asuka. They gave these ladies almost 20 minutes, uh, just capping in under 19. Fucking great. Really, really great match. Uh, And the ending sequence, too. Like, uh, not enough can be said about how well Io Shirai, or sorry, Io Sky, um, hits that moonsault. Um, Bailey looked in tip-top shape. Absolutely great. Dakota Kai, I've always been a fan of, but I feel like since her debut on the main roster, she has really just kind of, hit it full gear and uh she's looked great uh even in clips that i've seen of her wrestling on raw thought she's been great honestly uh obviously bianca belair is uh i think feel like one of the biggest stars in pro wrestling right now um she, she, she looks great man yeah she, this woman is is phenomenal phenomenal so, speaking of gear just so i can sidebar here i know i texted you earlier on this but color coordination big thing right so you see eos guy or uh Sorry, Dakota Kai and Bailey were both wearing black, white, and uh, trimmed with gold. On the other side, Bianca Belair and Alexa Bliss were wearing like cotton candy, pink and purple colors, like very color, very, you know. So they had those things going. Both the Joshi girls, they're just wearing their normal everyday go to yeah. wrestling gear. They weren't at all. And I mean, I get that's what they do, but come on, man, you want to be like seen as a, as like a, a an actual team, go get, especially EO sky. She's part of this like new damage control thing. Get her some white, black and gold gear, man. She'd look incredible in it. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Uh, although I, I do, I did also note that and, and find that quite hilarious. Just, uh, they went into it going, ah, fuck it. What, yeah. what, what, what does it matter? Yeah. Um, they lost their bags at the airport. <laughs> Like I said, this match went uh, just under 20 minutes. And any any standout spots in this match for you? Uh, probably the biggest one. I mean, you, you touched on the finish, which was basically uh, uh, like finisher spam at the at the end of it. Uh, the big one for me was the uh, uh, suplex to to Bailey. I think it was Bailey that uh, was on the corner that took this. She had Bianca's hair wrapped in the rope and was yes. uh, sitting there and basically getting there. And uh, uh, Bianca couldn't get out. So out of nowhere, she's got, she's sit there bent over with her hair attached to the rope and Bailey's got her head, uh, probably setting her up for, I don't know, something cool anyway. And Alexa bliss and Oscar come running up, jump on Bianca's back. So both of them were standing on her back and they superplexed Bailey from the turnbuckle off of Bianca Belair's back. And it was pretty, that was pretty cool. It was, it was definitely a high speed spot and they pulled it off flawlessly. Now during the finisher spam, I did notice that uh, there was a tag out to Bailey. And I think that 
Dakota may have missed her mark. I think she forgot to tag out because she did her kick and then she went running into the corner and then she had to run back, tag in Bailey, and then she ran back into the corner. I thought she was setting up for another kick, but she just kind of stayed there. I was like, ah, okay. So she kind of, she missed that spot. But I, if you weren't paying super close attention, it still looked pretty flawless anyway. So, Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I thought these six ladies uh, just killed it. Just good. Yeah. And, you know, good to see Alexa Bliss in something that, while she's not at the top of the card in the title picture, where I feel like certainly she belongs, I, I think this is fun. You know, this is a this is a nice little angle for her to be a part of, and it really highlights the fact that she's quite a phenomenal wrestler herself. Yeah, yeah, super uh, athletic. We, we we all know that Bailey and uh, Io Sky and, and Oscar are great, but Dakota Kai and Alexa Bliss really have these, you know, have this nice uh, ability to show out in these scenarios, and and I think both of them look great. Yeah, they both have some really good spots done, and it was given enough time to breathe uh, to the fact that everyone got their shit in, everyone got some pretty cool spots, and the match as a, as a whole was actually uh, was was very well produced. Uh, I saw notes actually earlier. Uh, that match was produced by Petey Williams, so good job, Petey. Yes, uh, the the amount of, uh, of of guys who were who were producing, or the amount of different guys that were producing these matches on this card, and the names, uh, yeah, fascinating, fascinating to me. Uh, we'll get into it. Uh, the damage match, control picked uh, up the win, obviously. Yes, yes. Damage control picked up the win after uh, the assault. Immediately then, after that, huge video package for Cody. Yes, yes. And, and man, it, I, I, I had texted you. Do you think that uh, Cody might, uh, you know, fall out of favor because Triple H is in charge now and there was that reported heat between the two of them? Um, I don't well, think so. I, yeah, I, I, I honestly, after watching that interview with him um, from from this past week with uh, Ariel Hawani, this guy just seems like he is a kid in a candy store. He just he's so excited to do things and and and, and he's still, you know, trepidatious about going down certain paths. But he he is, uh, you know, like like I said, you can see the fire in this guy's eyes. Yeah. So lives, breathes, sleeps, shits, wrestling, man. Yes. And not only that, did you. Uh... Uh, there was a spot, man. I, I, I meant to make a note of this because one of the, it's like, welcome to Cardiff or, or something like the, the UK loves their wrestling or something like that. Michael, Michael Cole said that. And I was like, oh, we are in the era, man. Vince never would have let that slide. Nope. Nope. Definitely not. Um, yeah. As you said, damage control, pick the, pick up the victory, uh, pay, Bailey pinning the champion. Uh, yes. so th there's a direction to go after that, I suppose. Um, up next was a match that I think both of us were anticipating going into watching this. Uh, Sheamus, a guy who, you know, this guy's been around forever. Uh, you know, he's always been this tough brute. I've always liked Sheamus. Yeah. Uh, even even when he was rocking the Mohawk and he had his terrible faction and, and people just couldn't stand him. I was always. <laughs> what was it? The League of Nations or something like yes. that? Oh, man, yes, that was horrible. Poor Rusev, um, man. Yeah, I know. I know. Um. All that being said, though, no, uh, I've always been a fan of this guy, and he's with the Brawling Brutes, which consists of Ridge, Holland, and Butch. Man, how long before Butch is Pete Dunne again? And, uh, man, I, I was hoping it was tonight. I was, yeah. I actually, so uh, before, before, did they, they didn't come out first, eh? Oh, yeah, they did. Yeah, they did. So they, they did their thing, and everything else came up. Um, Imperium came back. So yes. Imperium's Fabian Eichner is now called up to the main roster. He's got some dumbass names like Giovanni Vici. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's what that's what he was known as in NXT for the last few weeks. Okay, see, so, yeah, I didn't I didn't catch that. 
So I guess I, I, I mean, honestly, the name doesn't bother me so much. I mean, his, uh, Fabian Eichner, like that, that's it's equally as ridiculous, really, right? We're I just guess. more used to it, right? Yeah. So like, uh, but no, uh, honestly, I'm happy to see him back paired with the group again. I, I think I, I wish they had the music back. Like that yes. was the only thing missing. That was the only thing missing from that. It was, was it was close, but it's not. It's just not there. It's just not yeah. as good. And then no. uh, not only that, then uh, Ludwig there is like goose stepping down. I was like, oh Jesus, uh, maybe let's not go there with the old Nazi symbolism. But Jesus, yeah, I, this group is. I mean, that's always been the the shtick, right? Is they they have a little bit of vague or veiled, uh, you know, symbolism that you know can be concerning. Because it's always it's always kind of surrounded Gunther and 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 his uh, cronies. But uh, that being said, that being said, um, this was fa- fucking fantastic. This was also uh, just under twenty minutes. Big meaty um, men slapping meat. The two, these two, honestly, back to back, these two matches were my, were my number one and number two matches of the card. They stole the show for me. Yeah, I I uh, I have to. I, you know what? I give this one um, the, uh, the the match of the night for me personally but uh this was just yeah like you said two big meaty men slapping meat like that's that's these two guys went in there Seamus's chest by the end of this yes just just cut open and disgusting it's like daniel bryan royal rumble uh was that uh 2019 when he came back greatest royal rumble oh that was it yes 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 where he was the iron man and his chest was just a bleeding mess yeah this was uh this was just ridiculous absolutely ridiculous um, I hope these guys have another match in them. I would love to see these guys go at it again. Uh, yeah. I don't know exactly w- what the direction would be. Maybe maybe there's a six man to be had between the two groups, the Brawling Brutes and Imperium. Um, Loser but, gets Pete done. <laughs> uh, I mean, like let, let's talk about some of the spots. Uh, Gunther with his his power bombs that he wasn't quite connecting with, but Sheamus ever so genius. Yeah, just covers it up by just he, he's selling the part that he landed on. He, so Guther goes for the, the these power bombs and he's dropping them low. He's not quite dropping them on his back. Drop them on his tailbone. And Sheamus is selling it probably because it, it does probably hurt a little bit. But he's yeah. selling it as if like this is what he's trying to do to him. And I just thought this was just fucking great. Uh, you, you, I'm sure you had some thoughts about this. Uh, Gunther actually he kicked Sheamus's asses most of the entire match. Uh, obviously, like we talked about, his chest got lit up. Um, and then the just your classic kind of. WWE style where the guy that's getting his ass kicked hulks out, gets the momentum, and then he starts winning. So Sheamus starts uh, taking control of the situation. Uh, eventually, Sheamus got his beats of the bothering in on both the announce table. Uh, then he brought him into the ring, got it on the inside of the ring, and then brought him over to the barricade and started going again. And I think at one point he was up to like 15 or 16 beats of the bothering on the out aside with the crowd. Um, so he was taking the momentum. Uh, he actually, he got his, uh, he, he got a Celtic cross in uh, when everyone thought it was like, holy shit, this might actually be a title change and Gunther kicks out. That's when we get to the finishing sequence. So he goes for that bro kick and again, sells that absolutely fantastic. So he comes out, he goes for the run, he lifts his leg up and it's like his back just shoots in pain. He's like, oh no, I can't do that. And I'm sitting there thinking he might actually be a pain because I have had that exact same experience where you stand <laughs> up and it's just like, oh, Jesus, what would I do? <laughs> and it's like he had that. And then uh, Gunther took it up, eats him with another low back or uh, drop him low on the power bomb, got him back up, lariat, one, two, three, Gunther takes over. He's still the champion. Yeah, this was this was great. 
this, I, I again, I hope that there's another match in, in, in it for these guys. I think that uh, you could run this one back at the next pay-per-view and it'd be just as good. This with extreme rules attached? Mm. Like, take my money. Yeah, this was a good one. Uh, this one was produced by Abyss. Yeah, that was, that was enough, like, uh, as soon as I read that, I was like, that's great. That's great. Um, moving forward, the uh, SmackDown Women's Championship was on the line. Liv Morgan defending against Shayna Baszler. Um, this match was good. I thought that there were good moments in this match. I feel like Liv Morgan is, is getting there. I feel like the title reign has been fine, uh, but fine is not what you want. Although, like, I, I look at it like this. This lady is young, and this is her first title reign, and sometimes your first title... Like, if you look back, look back at Triple H's first few title reigns. No. Like, <laughs> I'd rather not. Well, that's what I mean. Like, that guy really wasn't made until, until Mick Foley, right? And that he had held the title, I think, three three times. To well, I mean, that. That, was, that, was after, that was after the whole DX thing, too. But, I mean, that was, like, basically... Because that was his... Uh, when he was, like, the world champion, that was his, like, his star call. This is, like, starting his... It wasn't quite the reign of terror, but he was, like, pushing up that way. I think that's... The whole feud that he had Mick, Mick Foley was just... That basically, like, cemented him as, like, the top heel in the WWE. But, I guess, sure. we kind of we digress. This match specifically, I will say, uh, I actually have this directly in my notes, is... Uh, lives white gear my god uh <laughs> she looked fantastic i was like she uh she really definitely looked the part again still not quite there uh to me as a believable champion i don't think the match was anything super special it was just under five uh 15 minutes basically from like entry to end so i think they maybe had 12 minutes uh, give or take of actual wrestling uh she won cleanly which was my big surprise so that's good and I think they're finally booking her championship run properly because in all all purposes, Shayna Baszler, the woman, would kick the shit out of, what is her name, like Giovanni? She's got like a ridiculously like star power name and they don't use it. Uh, but anyways, so Liv Morgan, uh, she was basically getting everything fed to her but she just would not stay down for the three count. She would not tap out. She would sit there. She would roll out. She'd get her own shit in, and then she'd get her go back to getting her ass kicked. That's the way you have to book a champion like Liv Morgan. And I think they're getting it. So it's the point, give her the Johnny wrestling run where she takes an absolute ass ton of abuse, but you cannot keep her pinned because she's just got so much testicular fortitude that she continues to carry through. That's how you book a champion like Liv Morgan. Yeah, I, I thought that the, the, this is, the like you said, this is the beginnings of, uh, she looks strong, you know what I mean? Like, she beat Ronda, you know, and, and, and she didn't look strong doing that. So, my question, you know, is, is you know, like, you, you, you then pair, put her against Shayna Baszler, who, you know, has been, I mean, for the most part, booked strong, not so much on the main roster, but always booked as a killer. And she she beat her. She beat her clean. And like you said, so that, that that's definitely a good way to go about it. I just, like, there were some moments in this match where you can tell Liv is still trying to work it out. And I don't mean she's green, because I wouldn't say that, because I've seen her have perfectly fine matches with Becky Lynch. Yeah. Among others. Um, but it just, I, I just felt like this one wasn't quite there yet. But again, this could be another match you go back to at the next pay-per-view, and maybe they would work it out in that time. I maybe, think with maybe, the... Sorry, not to cut you off, but I think my uh, like my opinion of Liv's work anyway is that 
you can tell that she's setting up a spot. That's my thing. It almost like it's almost like she's playing WWE 2K and she's picking her opponent up to go through another move. Like she just has a bit of a hesitation when she gets into or she the way she throws herself into the turnbuckle. It just looks like she's in a wrestling match instead of like actually selling it like it's a fight. And there's nothing wrong with that because there's a lot of people that are like that these days. I just think that uh, again, it's not that she's necessarily green. It's just it's just like uh, like your 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 text message you sent earlier was perfect. She just needs some salt and pepper. She needs a little bit of seasoning, and uh, she she's there because again she, she's she's a sweetheart. She's there. She's doing what she loves to do. Uh, she's finally in a bit of a prominent spot, not being treated like a joke. However, when she was in those roles, getting jobbed out, I actually think she was a cleaner wrestler. I mean, yeah, sure, sure. I, and, and again, time will tell what this Liv Morgan run, uh, you know, produces, but uh, it, it, it goes on. It goes on. Um, up next, Edge versus Rey Mysterio, or sorry, Edge and Rey Mysterio, uh, accompanied by Dominic Mysterio up against the Judgment Day, which consists of Finn Balor, Damian Priest, and they're being accompanied by Rhea Ripley. Uh, this match just went over 12 minutes, and uh, it was it was good. This match is what I describe as like, all these guys are either 40 or close to 40 and or over or, or almost 50. And uh, they wrestled a very like 2002 style uh, slowed down by about like, you know, two or three percent. Balor Which still I, looks like an absolute million bucks, man. He oh, yeah. looks like a fucking rock star. He does. He does. And, and, and I, all these guys do really. Yeah. I mean, like uh, the entrances were great. Edge coming out with the with the mask, I thought was awesome. My, action, that's in, I, but that's in my notes. LOL, Edge and Luchador mask. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, I I I think we haven't mentioned it at this point yet. This crowd was great. This crowd oh, yeah. was absolutely phenomenal. Uh, the Bailey match, they're singing her song. She was uh, trying so hard to stay heel, but she had a shit-eating grin on her face the entire time. She was oh, yeah. telling the, the crowd to shut up, and she was like, no, shut up, stop. She actually tagged out at one point so they would stop singing. Uh, and then and they also hit... Uh, oh, shit, who did she hit? She punched Oscar uh, because they she, they popped hard for Oscar when she came out, too. Uh, so she hit Oscar off the, off, the off the apron, and they booed her for a second. She did her stuff. She gave the, you know... Uh, got the crowd all all mad and got out did what she needed to do and then when she got tagged in again they start singing again and she just couldn't stop smiling yeah the, the crowd was hot man Sixty thousand, i think it was like the total count was like sixty-two thousand people in that arena awesome stadium i wonder, I, I wonder if the triple h numbers uh of attendee attendees is are going to be as, as inflated as the vince mcmahon numbers there was an article I saw. I don't know who posted it uh, as I was scrolling through Facebook that said that uh, they don't believe he's going to inflate the numbers as much as Vince McMahon used to, like where there's like 65,000 people and he's like, WrestleMania, 95,000 people in the, the house. It's like the stadium's only rated for 65. Like Everybody who's working, everybody who's working's kid, even if they're at home, they're here. Um. Uh, Edge, Edge and Mysterio against the Judgment Day. This was good. This was really good. Like I said, it, it just felt like it, it was, and it felt like a, a kind of like a time machine match because like you go back and it feels like you're going back in time and you're watching because I mean like everything is so, you know, you know, flips and 450 splashes and shooting star presses now. And this was just a nice tag match. You know That's what I mean? It. Like. Valor Mysterio had some absolute killer spots, man. When they yes. were when they were starting off, they, it was quick and they were going. And it's like both these guys are in their forties, man. Like, and they're just giving her shit. Certainly, 
Certainly. Uh, do you have any notes about this match? Uh, crowd went ape shit for Edge. Uh, he powerbombed Mysterio over the ring into... Uh, blah, blah, blah. Wow, I'm, I'm trying to figure out my own note here. Powerbomb Mysterio out of the ring into... Uh, was it Dominic? I don't know, JD. I'm having a brain fart. JD? Yeah. Uh, maybe, maybe, I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know, man. I might have I typoed. Uh, Dominic interfered. Uh, and as he, as he interferes... So as I think he got in the he got into the ring just as uh, Balor was going for Kudagura to finish everything up. So he got up, interferes with the ref. Rhea comes in, kicks the shit out of Dominic, which is probably still the best thing on TV right now. The mommy yes. hurt me sequence. Uh, Mysterio broke that up, and then that led to the actual finish sequence. So Balor he couldn't get off the Kudagura, so he ate a six one nine that immediately went off into a spear. Edge Mysterio get the W. Post-match is the important part. You want to walk us through that? Yeah. So, like, uh, the, the, the announcers the whole match were talking about how Dominic was quite upset that uh, Rey Mysterio chose Edge to tag with him in this match. Um, and at the and at the end of the match, like, they were playing up the fact that Dominic did indeed help his dad and Edge win this match. And, you know, they weren't quite celebrating with him. So uh, he takes it upon himself to low-blow Edge and then as his father's pushing him and going, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? Uh, I mean, also, Judgment Day at this point are just laughing their asses off. Just just maniacally laughing. Uh, he then grabs his dad by the head and hits him with the best clothesline he's hit in his entire career. Yeah. And, and his father <laughs> sold it like it was Brock Lesnar. And not only that, just like the heart. So it wasn't just like the ouch, that hurt. That was a great looking... Um... Uh, clothesline, but he hits just like that broke my heart, kid. Son, why you do that? And as I said, you can see Balor in the background, the camera angle as like Mysterio's like breaking down, like why Dominic? Why? You can see Balor laughing his ass off. It was fantastic. Um, I think this is good for Dominic. I think it's about time that this guy gets another layer to his character because so far he's been, um, I mean, like, let's, uh, I'll be honest, like, I, I love Rey Mysterio, but Rey Mysterio has never been a talker. Like, he's never been the world's finest promo. Um, I feel like as he's gotten older, he's gotten better. But I mean, I feel like that should be the case. Really. Right. Yeah. Um, but no, uh, Dominic has always been, you know, when it comes to his promo and his, uh, you know, acting uh, fairly cringy. So this wasn't bad, though. This wasn't bad. Like, I, I could see the fire in this kid's eyes. This kid needs about. 60 pounds of muscle uh, before I believe that he's, you know, any, any threat to anybody. I just don't, I don't look at this guy and I, I, I don't think future world champion or future intercontinental champion. I, I just, and maybe that's just my, you know, old school mentality when it comes to what, I mean, I don't want this guy to be jacked up on steroids or anything like that, but he, he looks like I could fight him pretty decent. You know what I mean? He like, he slimmed down quite a bit when before he made his uh, main debut. I remember him being like pretty skinny, pretty scrawny, and he's put on some weight, but it's been like some dirty weight he's put on. And not trying to, you know, not trying to body shame the kid at all. Obviously, like I mean, he's still way more fit than I am, and the the shit right. he does in Absolutely. the ring, I could never do. That being said, the I think the look that he that he needs to go for, cut out all the Rey Mysterioism shit. Like get us like like cut away from your dad. 
start targeting Eddie Guerrero, man. He's still, he's already got that. He's got kids tall, man. Like he's got some good height to him. He sits there, slicks back that hair and he puts on, I don't even think he needs 60 pounds of muscle, man. Just like sit there, get a little bit of recomp and sit there, put like 20 pounds of lean mass on man. He would look so much more intimidating. And if the kid can still do what he can do in the ring with another 20 pounds on him, he can do the, a lot of the Eddie Guerrero spots, put him down an NXT man, push him like his uncle or his you know, uncle and then give her man, Poppy. just do it. He's, he's dad anyway. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, let, let him embrace his father. Um, yeah, I, I thought this was good, though. I, I'm interested to see where it's going. Like, he didn't necessarily join Judgment Day, but he didn't necessarily not. I mean, he also did kind of screw them. So, yeah, there's 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 room for this to either go that direction, which I don't I don't really want to see him in Judgment Day, if I'm being honest. Dude, with you. he's going to get on the mic, the old Rikishi style. I did it for Rhea. <laughs> yeah, uh, I did it I, for Rhea. Of course, of course. He's he's the sub in this situation. She's oh, a hundred percent. After that, we had a bunch of video. Oh, sorry. Do we still talk about this or? Uh, I mean, like again, this match went like twelve and a half minutes. It, it was good. I, I think it was everything it needed to be. Um, certainly didn't like blow my mind. You know, I, I by the end of this, I was just kind of like, all right, that was exactly what it needed to be. Like there was nothing, nothing more I really expected or nor wanted from this match. I, actually, I got a little bit more than I wanted. I got the Dominic turn. So yeah. Yeah, so that was that was good. Um, like I said, the match it was fine, but I think the uh, obviously the important thing to come with that is the uh, the ending of that, and he kicked Edge squarely in the testicles. So, like that was that was a great low blow. Uh, he after that, shoe off after too. What was that all? <laughs> I don't know. I think he kicked him so hard he lost his shoe, man. That's what I think happened. Uh, we got a bunch of video packages after that. Like I think those video packages were longer than the uh, Judgment Day match. That must have been what that JD was on the uh, on, on my notes, too, by the way. Had to have been. It's the only thing I yes. can think of. <laughs> yes, that makes a lot more sense now. He threw him into JD. Yeah. Uh, so, so uh, and then after the video package is wrapped, uh, was that the one? No, that was later on in the night there. I think that we got that. Uh, just check my notes real quick. Bah, 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 bah. Yeah, that video, those video packages were... Uh, just I think random random stuff leading up to it, and then obviously we got the uh, the Riddles Rollins recap. So this was the main event when we saw our live event. So they've been doing this quite a while, and for the last couple of weeks, Riddles and Rollins have been just absolutely destroying each other, beating each other up in the parking lots, having some uh, some work shoot interviews in the old uh, you know the the style of UFC conference fights, everything else, right? Uh, the live event was a street fight. And I think if this was a street fight, it would have went way better. However, completely different result. Go ahead. Take yes. that away. Yeah. Uh, again, another match that got almost 20 minutes and these guys fucking killed it. So many great spots. Rollins hitting, obviously like he, he went for the, uh, off the top rope superplex, um, and, and to, to the, uh, the Falcon arrow and riddle reversed it into a fisherman buster that just looked nasty. Just there were nasty. so many reversal spots in this. It was amazing. Yes. And both guys hit each other's moves. I believe at some point, um, I know bro Derek was hit by Seth Rollins at one point, yeah. uh, for, for a long two count. And, uh, I did, did riddle not get something on Rollins maybe a stomp or something. I, uh, not that I can remember, uh, but, Rollins was all about, and they were, they were talking about like, he's the master of mind games and manipulator. Cause he hit, he hit him with bro Derek and then he hit him with the, uh, the apron, uh, DDT. 
Right. right. And, I mean, oh, and then and actually, then he went he went for an RKO. He did the whole uh, sit there, punch the mat, and all the uh, you know the voices in my head shit. And then he went. He actually he went for an RKO, and uh, Riddle's reversed it. I can't remember what he reversed it into, but I think he did. I think choke, he dropped it to a rear naked. Yeah, he dropped it into a rear naked choke, turned him around, and then just started punching him in the back of the head. Uh, and then somehow, some way, Seth got out of that too. So at first, at the very beginning of the match, they uh, they were talking about um, uh, Riddle actually potentially getting DQ'd because he was just sitting there. He just went full ape shit and was just punching them. And there was like no wrestling going on. He was just continued just beating the hell out of them. So that was uh, the the whole match was like hard hitting. Everything else was good. There was a lot of back and forth as we talked about, lots of reversals. Uh, I still think the street fight was better, but I think there was just more of the. It was a smaller crowd and. Uh, Rollins was really working the crowd so everyone's yelling we want tables we want tables so he sits there rolls out of the ring everyone pops because thinks they're they're going for a table he grabs a kendo stick and people are like oh boo and then Riddle played the face because he finally got out of the ring pulled the table and the, the crowd went fucking wild so to me I think the crowd play was better in that thing however the more I saw the match the more I was like okay this fucking match is really good too especially when they started doing each other's moves and everything else right uh, so after that, bro, Derek Riddle kicked out at like two point nine 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 nine, and the the announcer was like, "Holy shit, we thought that was going to be it. That was uh, that was really good." Uh, R- Rollins, oh, that was one of the things that I loved. So Rollins got on the turnbuckle. It looked like he went for a Phoenix splash, like his old school Phoenix splash, and he doesn't hit very often. Riddle was up. He got up to his feet in like mid air. While Seth was turning, he landed on his feet in the ring from a fucking Phoenix splash. I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, and as soon as he as soon as he did that, Riddle then ate a pedigree, but he kicked out from that. Uh, so while they were sitting there trying to recover from like where they're trying to get themselves back up, uh, Seth grabs him. He starts talking shit about Riddle's family again. The mic keys in. You can hear him talking about like, your family left you. No one loves you. Everything like you're a piece of shit. You bitch and everything else that he was sitting there. Riddle started freaking out again, started beating him up. Uh, and then for some way, Rollins ended up getting that. That's what he uses. Orton's DDT goes for the RKO. Uh, Riddle grabbed him out of midair at that laid in the uh, rear naked choke, started laying the boots to him. Then Riddle go to, he went to hit him on the outside. Things spilled out to the outside. Riddle went and got a chair. And the announcer's like, he's going to get disqualified. This is, this is all for nothing. This is all for nothing. Sits there, smokes the announce table with the chair. Uh, Rollins got out of the way, got back into the ring. And Riddle, as Riddle followed him in, he got the stomp. Sat there, put him out. I think Rollins realized that one wasn't going to be enough got on the second rope, did an, like an avalanche stomp, which was yes. so fucking cool. That got the one, two, three. So in our live event, uh, Matt Riddle actually picked up the win and he put Rollins through a table. And that table spot was that was thunderous. I don't know if the table itself was la- as loud or if the crowd cheering was louder, but it was an insane spot. Biggest pop of the night. Even I think that got a bigger pop than when Trish Stratus came out. That was just me. Uh, yeah, anyway, people are bloodthirsty. They love tables, man. Yeah, so Rollins picked that win up. I think it was a decent match. It did everything it was supposed to do. Uh, I don't think this feud is over yet. And yeah. then, yeah, right after that, we got an amazing Becky Lynch video package. And we were like, why? There was like no real rhyme or reason to it. It was just like I, how badass I, Becky Lynch is. 
I, I think the, the reason they were doing it, because I feel like she, that she wasn't the only one who got this on this. I feel like there were a couple others. I feel like they're just trying Usos. to keep... Yes, the Usos. So I feel like they're trying to keep them in your mind um, based on the fact that, like, not well, the Usos you're going to see next week on SmackDown, right? They, you know, they, they couldn't travel because of, you know, legal issues. Same reason they couldn't get into Canada. Right. Um, but as for Becky, her injury isn't something that's going to take her out for a year, right? Yeah. It, it's, uh, it's a fairly quick recovery time. So I feel like just keeping her in the back of your mind is a smart play, especially on a, a you know, a, a pay-per-view where you have a little bit of extra time. Yeah. You're not worried about getting out in, in two or three hours, right? Listen, I think that the video packages, as usual, actually, oh, pardon me, absolutely stellar production. Um, I just, I thought there's too many of them. I just said, I, I thought, I think that it kind of fucked up the pacing of the, uh, of the actual pay-per-view itself or the live premium event. But uh, overall, I guess it was a pretty decent show. Obviously, once they got through everything, uh, Paul Heyman was brought up too, and then uh, they did the recap of our main event for this evening with, uh, or this afternoon, I guess, with Roman Reigns and Drew McIntyre and everything else. Best fucking part of this whole thing, as soon as it started up, we got a nice little video package, and Broken Dreams was playing. Yes, yes, Drew. Drew had, I mean, he had the song, uh, you know, kind of, encapsulate his career with a video and then of course he came out to his new to his newer theme song which is fine like i feel like for the people who wanted it they got it uh i think it's something you can use on <clears throat> special occasions or maybe they'll maybe it'll be a permanent switch i don't know uh i felt like they kind of just but the, the way they defined it on this show was that it was there to kind of encapsulate his career and his run and his return and to where he's at now I just thought it was kind of lame that all it was was it was it was more it wasn't his entrance it was just his it was like a pre-match video package that they put together and then his theme comes out and he comes out as just normal Drew McIntyre so I know I think it was a little cool throwback to to history and it was definitely cool seeing him uh, go through his career really quickly and then kind of like be where he was at now dude's put on so much weight over the years man yes. he that he yes. is and he has always been in fantastic shape like Drew McIntyre has always been a beast of a man but like it literally that video package it was just like from boy to man. <laughs> like, yes, it was absolutely. Stellar. Absolutely. Uh, I do. Before we move on to this match, I did want to shout out Seth Rollins uh, attire. Uh, yeah. uh, very, very Elton John, as they, as they pointed out on the broadcast, uh, Corey Graves was, uh, he was, he was all, with all the references tonight. Shades uh, of rocket man. Yes. Uh, Roman Reigns and Drew McIntyre, the match we've all been waiting for is Drew going to get his moment. Uh, this match, start, obviously, like these two guys are two, you know, again, a situation where you got two beefy men slapping meat. Um, but to that point, though, like it's different. Like this is the main event and you could there was a, there was a main event feel to this match. Mm. Uh, Roman is getting outsmarted in the beginning and he's, you know, you could tell he's he's frustrated. But, you know, as the match progresses, it, it's really the story of the match really is Roman trying to put Drew away and it's just not happening. At the beginning of the match was McIntyre can't get off the Claymore. Right. Was was started because he was going for it. He was going for it. I don't know how many times he did that fucking count in the corner, and he either got super punched out of it. Uh, one part he just slid out of the ring and nothing happened. Uh, he got speared out of one, but again, every single time Drew couldn't hit the Claymore, Reigns could not keep him down for the one, two, three. So right. there's like. Yeah, so I, my my note says Reigns goes through the finisher symphony and just can't put away the big Scott. 
Uh, Rain started arguing with Little Mage after he thought he had won. So there was a count where Roman, uh, he got the spear, and I think that was actually after one of those missed Claymores. Got the spear, Little Mage sit there, and Roman is like sitting there like he won the match. And the ref's like, the hell are you doing, man? It was only a two. And Roman freaks out. He's like, two, two, no, that's three, man. One, two, three. You got to do this, right? So he's kicking out. Drew finally connects with the Claymore, but it knocks out the ref. So little Nate eats it. Biffs are out of the ring, took an amazing ref spot or amazing ref bump. And all of a sudden Austin Theory's music kicks in. Austin Theory comes running down. He's got the money in the bank. People are like, holy shit, he's got to cash in. He's got to cash in. And they're talking about WrestleMania where Seth Rollins uh, cashed in and made it a triple threat between Brock Lesnar, Roman Reigns, and Seth Rollins. So that's what people were expecting. They're like, holy shit, this is going to happen. So he goes right to the back over by the uh, timekeepers area, and he goes to go cash in. Tyson Fury is sitting there, and fucking comes out of nowhere, clocks Austin Theory so hard, there's only literally two options for this. He legitimately knocked Austin Theory out. (laughs) Or Theory sold that like a real knockout that was a million bucks because his arms went up like he was out and he went stiff as a board and hit the ground. No cash in. <laughs> fucking Tyson Fury's like, we ain't having that, brother. We're watching this match. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, th- th- throughout the entire show, they they had played to uh, Tyson Fury being there and being in Drew's corner, not somewhat anyway. Um but yeah, I, I would lean more towards Austin Theory as a great seller. If you go, if we can go back to WrestleMania and, and yeah. the sell of the the stunner. Um, yeah, fantastic. So I, I honestly like this was great. Yeah, like this was a great part to, uh, to this match. My note here says Austin Theory comes running down to cash your money in the bank. Tyson Fury fucking clowns Theory. Legit looks like a real knockout. Theory's dead. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Certainly. Certainly. Um, do you have any other notes for this match? Yeah, so after that, uh, that the the theory spot, uh, Drew was able to hit another Claymore. Uh, Reigns kicked out. I think personally, that's where it should have ended because that was uh, that was like the peak of the match. I think that that would have been a perfect end if you wanted to put Drew over, and that place would have absolutely thundered. That's not how it ended though. So there was a slow build back to their feet. Everything gets going down, and you're telling, okay, well, shit, maybe that that should have ended it. What's going on? There's like something fucky's happening. The, now it's the crescendo, right? Like we're at the symphony. The fat lady is starting to sing. Like we're we're getting there. Drew hits a third claymore. Everyone thinks that okay, this this shit's over. It's done. He sits there. All of a sudden, out of the crowd, you're sitting there. The camera pans down, and I thought to shit, it was one of the Usos. I was like, I didn't think they were allowed to have travel visas. No. Sits there, pulls the hood down. It's Solo fucking Sokoa for coming from NXT. Absolutely fantastic. If you've ever seen any of Solo's matches, the dude rocks. I don't know if being the bloodline might be the best for him, but it makes the most amount of sense because he is the younger brother of the Usos, and I think it's going to be absolutely fan-fucking-tastic to see how that plays out, especially because he was there, his brothers weren't. What's going to happen with the bloodline? That's probably the story that they that they're going with. So Solo pulls out the ref as as so he's going one two three, and as he's about he's at two point nine 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 nine. Solo pulls the ref out of the ring, uh, the backup ref that Theory brought with him, mind you. Uh, Little Nate at this point still knocked out on the ground, so he's selling it. Um, he then McIntyre's like, "What the fuck are you doing? What's going on? What's going on?" He sits there, does a bit of like a stunner off of the ropes. Uh, bounces McIntyre's neck off the top rope, then Rain hits a spear, one, two, three. The crowd was absolutely dead silent. It was panning around. They're like, what the fuck just happened? Kids are legitimately crying in the ring. 
half of the crowd you could see they've all got their hands on top of their heads like just wondering like what the hell just happened no one could believe it uh so i think that was a bullshit end personally i think that it should have been drew especially but it's gonna it's gonna push the thing narrative they're talking you know rain's still the champion 700 days blah 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 all this other this other shit uh wrong place and time to do it in my opinion man they had the they had the cardiff crowd eating out of their hands this would have been an absolutely amazing spot for drew mcintyre i personally think mcintyre should have won and then theory should have cashed in and won on drew that's the way i would have booked it because everyone would have cheered they would have went absolutely ape shit that drew mcintyre won and the heat that theory would have gotten by taking it immediately after would have been fucking amazing Agreed. Uh, I, I I actually do agree with that. I think that's great. Uh, the, another spot I wanted to point out in this match was Karrion Cross was also there as well in the front row throwing water bottles at Drew. Uh, I didn't even see that. Yeah, the, there was a spot where Karrion Cross and Scarlett were in the front row. He hucked a, a water bottle at Drew, distracted him, and this is when it allowed Reigns to to take back the advantage of the match at some point. Um, so I mean, there there was a lot of pomp and circumstance in this match. I, I thought it was it, they went thirty minutes. Like they, they, and I, these are two guys that, you know, like, well, they can. It's, you know, not something that you, you expect from them. Um, but they did well. I thought this was a really great main event. Uh, I just, yeah, I'm with you. I'm disappointed. I, I think fantastic that, uh, swerve, though. Absolutely fantastic swerve because everyone was like, oh, no, man, it's going to be in, it's going to be in the UK. 100, you know, this is, this is going to be. This is going to be the WrestleMania moment that McIntyre never got. This is going to be his comeuppance. He's going to, you know, this shit's going to happen, right? And then they swerved it. So after all of that, Fury gets in the ring, stares down Reigns. People are sitting there and thinking that they're either going to punch out Reigns or something like that, and he doesn't. Tyson Fury acknowledges the chief, the head of the table. They shake hands. Reigns leaves. As Reigns is leaving... It showed a camera angle as it turns out that whereas like everything's winding down, people you can tell as people are starting to leave, everything goes up. Little Nate pops up, <laughs> comes back for it. I can see him in the background. He gets up. I was like, holy shit. He sold that for probably a good 10 minutes that he got knocked out by that claymore. Um, then that music stops. Fury gets a mic. And then they start singing with Drew McIntyre to the crowd. Now, yeah, this was the strangest thing in the world. He, he tells him that he did his country proud, and then he starts singing fucking American Pie by Don McLean. So here's the thing. I didn't get this either. I was like, what the fuck? I was like, why are the cameras still rolling for this? This is like the shit that you see when the cameras cut out, and this is like the dark segment. Apparently, Tyson Fury is known for this after all of his fights he sings to the crowd. So this was kind of that's just this was beautiful as, singing voice, right? Beautiful yeah. singing voice for a man that you would never expect him. Like, right? he, like I mean, the the very uh, the very thick accent. You would never expect that this guy just has this like angelic voice. He started singing this song, and it be, in the beginning, I was like, "Oh, this is weird." And then I just yeah. started to actually listen to him, and I'm like, "Fuck, this guy can really fucking sing." Like this guy, he's not bad. And then Drew starts singing Oasis. Just yeah. Off. <laughs> and it was, uh, and it was, it was quite the contrast. A strange ending to the pay per view, but or sorry, the premium live event. Right. Um, but I, I enjoyed it. I, I'm going to give this the four out of five. It was good. Yeah, actually, like I said, I mean, uh, there was there was t- points in this uh, that I was definitely like, yeah, okay, this is kind of this is WWE again, right? But at the end, as I said, I got into it. I was like, you know what? Actually, that wasn't too bad. This was actually a pretty good, uh, pretty good pay per view. Uh, honestly, I think the last paper I've been. 
no, I watched night one of WrestleMania with you, so I did see that one. But prior to that, it would have been that shitty Royal Rumble. And that, that Royal Rumble is the worst I've ever seen. So this was this was by far like if that Royal Rumble was like a one point five, this is like a five star fucking pay per view in comparison. Um, Absolutely. My, my last note for that was literally uh, great swerve. Fury gets in the ring for some pointless bullshit, and then, uh, yeah, and X on Clash. Uh, interesting, like I said, interesting ending. Great pay per view. Uh, Triple H's era seems to be off to a good start. And uh, what are you going to give this out of five? Uh, I don't know. It depends. If if I just take it as as it sits, as it alone, uh, the decent matches. There are some. I mean, it really had time to breathe. I think there was too many fucking uh, video packages on it for me. I thought some of the matches could have been a little shorter. They they seemed to drag on longer than they needed to. But again, I think that's just to try to get like some actual wrestling back in the product, which is nice to see. Yeah, if Man, you think about for, it, there were only seven matches on this card. Yeah, and, for and a WWE show match. Right? So for a WWE pay-per-view, I'm going to be generous, man. I'm going to give it a four and a half. Okay. All right. That's great stuff. I, I, we're, this is probably the first time that's happened on this show ever. Right? Um, ever. Um, with, with all that being said, uh, Mick, thank you for joining me to do this. We kind of did this very last minute, and I was... Uh, I was kind of hyped about this show, and it's a big weekend for wrestling. Uh, yeah. I, I do want to touch on a few other things before we get out of here. Uh, there is a Worlds Collide tomorrow, NXT versus NXT UK. They're unifying all the titles. Uh, can I just say, uh, silly, 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 that they do a UK pay-per-view, and uh, they leave all the UK guys in America. Uh, yeah. Just just seems a bit odd to me, because, I mean, this is taking place from Orlando. So there's that. Um, and also tomorrow night, all out live from Chicago. Uh, I, I just kind of want to touch on your thoughts on this, this show. Uh, what do you think about this Moxley punk build? Uh, it's a weird one, man. I said, I mean, like we've, we've talked about this before. Obviously I've been on the show before and talked about how much of a fanboy I am for AEW. It's it's a weird era right now for AEW, man. I love the swerve that, uh, you know, Punk came out uh, a couple weeks ago and got absolutely fucking smashed by Mox in like 30 seconds. But why? If they're just going to do that and then make this, uh, they're doing the rematch for the for, for the title at, at the, the, the main event for All Out. What the, like, what the fuck was the point? I, I think it was to get this, this um, if, if you watched this week's Dynamite, his promo in Chicago rallying for the match and and going after moxley i think that was the moment they were going after and i honestly i think that they're not they're not necessarily so attached to punk where they need to like not do this right like punks i think smart enough to realize that moxley's worked his ass off all year and and and, you know to be interim champion is great but to be the champion um i think means a little bit more right so with all that being said, like, what does Punk need to hold the title? He's going to win it. I, I feel very strongly like he's going to win it back. In oh, Chicago. that's that's because Khan's a mark for Punk, though. Yeah, I, I think Punk's a mark, mark for Punk, too, though, and I love Punk. Yeah. Uh, but him winning the title in Chicago, like, that's that's apropos. That's what happened in WWE. Like, he's just replacing that moment, right? And Well, unless so, you're Sasha Banks. If you're in a title match and you were in her hometown, you, you knew for a fact she was losing every time. It's almost uh, every time she defended the title. But uh, also not false. Um, any other matches on this card that stick out to you? We're getting, we're finally getting Miro and Sting and Darby against the the, uh, the House of Black. 
Uh, with rumors that Malachi Black has requested his release, uh, the updated rumor is that things have smoothed over. Yeah, and, I don't uh, know. It's it's a weird time for AEW right now. Yeah, Triple H being in charge. That I don't think anyone anticipated that that changing the game as much as it has. No, even 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 uh, even Andrade is getting in on this tweeting on or tweeting this afternoon that it just simply out. And then a few hours later, posting a picture of him out on the town. <laughs> oh, man, this is a it's an interesting time for wrestling. Fuck. Did you see that Bobby Fish got released? They didn't resign yeah. him. Yeah, uh, sure. Whatever. Like, did they need him? Like, well, I no, but, like they, they were building this whole thing with this fucking the undisputed elite. And that's like and then it's just like, ah, you know what? Nah. And did I think you also see Kyle that, O'Reilly's that- hurt. Yeah, he just had neck surgery. So I, I think that they're cutting their losses in a sense that if they need Bobby Fish back to finish this when Kyle O'Reilly eventually recovers from that, which I feel like probably the long haul, as it looks like it was a neck fusion, um, just by the hints that he threw out on uh, Instagram. Yeah. Um, they could get Bobby Fish back. Bobby Fish, isn't, is, he's, not, he's not going out to have, you know, solo success that is so overwhelming that he won't come back to finish this. Did you, did, speaking of... Uh contract negotiation failures did you also see the good brothers were trying to get re-signed by the wwe and the negotiations fell through they probably saw like one episode of fucking being elite <laughs> watch luke gallows i'm gonna come <laughs> like yeah no <laughs> i those guys i don't know man just even being in that system why you you hate you, you talked about how much you hated it why would you want to go back because Triple H is in charge now. Yeah, the money. money. The, uh, yeah, I get. I'll give you that. But I don't know. Like, do you, they, think they, 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 you think they they're made getting a lot paid, of fucking money? You think they're getting paid anywhere fucking close to what their WWE contract was in fucking Impact? No, definitely no. But which is why they got released in the first part because Vince gave them too much money. Nick Khan came up and like, who are these fucking losers? I said, eh, eh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Interesting, interesting. Uh, there, uh, there's also rumor that they're looking into guys like Jonah, who just had a great performance in the G1. And uh, I mean, Bronson Reed was a character that I was really getting into on in NXT, so it'd be nice to see him return and you know, kind of continue that run. Uh, I also Alki see Black, they're, they're also that, looking at taking Braun Strowman back though too. Apparently, he is already signed. He had Triple yeah. H confirmed that in the in the Ariel Hawani interview that you will see him back in WWE. Uh, so. I don't know, man. I, I'm with you. I'm. I, he he even he, he went. Triple H went so far as to call him a polarizing figure. Uh, yeah. So I I did see that. Um, I think that's accurate. I think anybody involved with this, uh, what is it? Control your narrative thing. Do we? Do you think we see EC3 come back? No, I don't think so. Uh, I can I can see him going back to Impact. I don't think he'd go back unless they get unless they put him back at NXT. Because EC3 actually had a pretty decent run in, in NXT. It was getting there. It was getting there. Yeah. And then they called him up to take his clothes off and then not talk. Yeah. Which is something that he's very good at doing. So you'd think that. And, that and get, nice. dude, if I was that jacked and they're like, hey, man, come to the main roster for like another 50 grand a year and you get to be hit on by Alexa Bliss, I'd be like, where do I sign? <laughs> like... yeah. Sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, with all that being said, Nick. Uh, why don't you tell the fine folks who listen to this podcast where they can find you if they want to chat with you about wrestling? 
Well, uh, if you really want to tag me, I've got uh, notifications on on my Twitter at Hollywood788. Um, don't post a whole hell of a lot on there these days, but if you want to sit there and DM me and talk about wrestling, you feel free, and I will get that message, and I will talk to you about wrestling. Uh, otherwise, that's about as active as I am on social media these days. If you want to find any of the podcasts we do on the Wednesday Night Wallop Network, you can check us out on Spotify, on Deezer, on Amazon Music, on Podbean. Uh, That's our home base. Um, If you want to uh, find us on social media, Twitter is at WNWallop. Uh, Instagram is just WNWallop. Wednesday Night Wallop on Facebook. And if you want to find me personally on Twitter, it's at R-Y-A-M Sport Report. Thank you, everybody, for for joining us this evening for uh, a wild recap of Clash at the Castle or of the Castle or or whatever the fuck it's called. Um, Mick, once again, thank you for joining me and uh, thank you for coming into the Wednesday Night Wallop universe one more time. With all that being said, you have all been walloped at the castle. Bye! (laughs) You've been listening to a Wallop Media podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Wallop Media. The hosts of our shows are Rylan, Kyle, and DK. You can find Rylan on Twitter at Rylan Wallop and Kyle on Twitter at Kyle Wallop. Production is by RJ Spearin. You can find his work at facebook.com slash spearkingco. Logo designs are by Maisie Mulder. You can find her work on her website, maisiemulderdesigns.com. Our podcasts are hosted by Acast. You can listen to them on the podcast catcher of your choice or on our website, shows.acast.com slash wallopmedia.